0: 92.6. Now my next guest is a local singer songwriter busker and producer which I have to say sounds like a pretty good lineup to me. Uh, she has always been a musician and songwriter but in private and it was only during lockdown that she found the confidence to go more public and start releasing music. So Beth Merrill hello and welcome to the evening session.
1: Hello Andy thank you so much for having me.
0: You are very welcome. So this is a bit of a story. So first of all, you're now living up the road in Bedfordshire, but this is relatively recent and you're actually a bit more local, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So I, I originally uh, was living in St. Albans in Bricketwood um, and we recently moved just to the Luton Dunstable area. Um, last year, we, bought, we got a house together, me and my husband.
0: Uh, and St. Albans, I mean, how long were you living in St. Albans?
1: Uh, four years. But my my husband's actually from St Albans, born and bred. So that's what brought me to the area originally. It's got a lovely buzz and the beautiful architecture and everything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I suspect he'll be listening. So, what's your husband's name? Danny. Hello, Danny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Danny.
0: <laughs> um, uh, where are you from originally? Then
1: I'm originally from New Brighton on the Wirral. Um, so I'm, I'm a northerner. um, I'm a northern lass at heart.
0: How on earth did you make it down to here then? <laughs>
1: long story short um but basically um well my parents divorced when I was very young um so my mum and my two brothers um we found ourselves moving down south um and then yeah we uh, I think it was was mainly due to work opportunities that my mum found herself in the south of England and um that's how we kind of came to be in Hertfordshire um we moved to Letchworth and that's kind of where I grew up most of my childhood um so St Albans was only obviously a stone's throw away down the road so I'd visit quite regularly to all like um, a lot of the Hertfordshire towns like Welling, Harpenden, and, and all of the local areas. Um, but little did I know my husband was only living 20 miles away <laughs> the whole time.
0: <laughs> it fabulous. It's fabulous. It was a lovely story. And you're right, the, the Hertfordshire towns are really lovely. There's so much going on. So it's really, really good. And um, you've been secretly, I've been told, secretly singing and writing for quite some time. So why did you not initially want to do it a bit more publicly?
1: um well I'd always had confidence issues growing up and I was very very quiet at school and even though I did actually take music GCSE um I actually went on to um do a producing course um but I just found at the time I was the only girl actually this is another thing as well there's only two percent of females who are producers um but back then I was it was a very niche market and and I was very I don't know. Wouldn't I don't know if the word "scared" is the word, but I was kind of felt uncomfortable. I just I didn't really have um, the uh, I guess that is the word, yeah, confidence to put myself out there, if you like, because it it takes a lot. Um, and I was struggling um, with mental health as well and depression as a teenager, which caused me to um, dislike my voice and uh, not believe in myself. I've always struggled to believe in myself. Um, musically as well, even though I've, I've been writing and singing all my life in the background and writing little songs on my piano, um, have my little keyboard at home that I called Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd always sit there in my room on, on Rupert playing some new songs or just, you know, learning cover songs. And, um, but yeah, for me, I'd always had that desire to want to sing publicly and to share my music, but, um, I never really had that I don't know, that push, if you like. Um, I didn't quite push myself enough because I I was so scared of people, you know, judging me or people rejecting me. And I think it was the fear of rejection that that stopped me and uh, lack of self-belief in myself, um, which was quite hard looking back. I wish I'd, if I could go back now, I wish I could just say to my younger self, you've got nothing to worry about, just go for it.
0: (laughs) But it is that fear of rejection, isn't it? And and this is an industry which, is full of rejection. So I can understand yes. <laughs> that this is not just like applying for a job this is a, this is applying for a job and then some.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um I've definitely had to toughen up over the years. I've definitely feel like I've grown thicker skin. Um mainly from the industry I was previously in uh, working in fashion so I had to really toughen myself up so I feel like it's prepared me for the music industry which ironically is more full of rejection than the fashion industry (laughs) or maybe about the same
0: (laughs) well well, yeah I mean the fashion industry thing is something which I'm finding really interesting we'll come to that in a moment I'm intrigued by the fact that you said you did a, a like a music production course a music tech course and it was really male dominated do you think that is part of the problem
1: there's been so many more female artists who are now uh, producing their albums, like um, Emily Sunday, who's recently produced her um, most current album. Um, so she's a huge inspiration to me. And it's also other artists out there who um sort of pushing the boundaries. Um, and I feel like um, the male producers out there have been paving the way for female producers to ha- get heard a bit more and have a voice more. Um, and I feel like even I didn't realize it, but I felt like I was part of some part of like a a revolution almost, like how females are trying to, yeah, push the boundaries of music and trying to um, be producers in our own rights as well, um, or collaborating with other well-respected, well-experienced producers. Do you
0: think that the skills, though, that you learn on that music production course have been really useful to you?
1: Um yeah, well, the thing is, I didn't quite get as far to say this, but I only stayed two weeks, because um, I felt so uncomfortable. Um, if I if I had gone back, I would have stayed, I would have just pushed through, but I already kind of learn um, Cubase anyway, that was what we were learning back in the day. Um, but it was mainly Logic Pro that um sort of gripped my attention back in 2016 um and that's where I kind of taught myself how to use it because I I remembered that initial passion of wanting to learn even when I was younger I'd, I'd use this um little program when I was about nine or 10 called Ray VJ and you kind of get little samples and you put them together and you create like tracks from it um and my brother as well he he loved doing that too he was into his music so we used to bounce ideas off each other and he's also a singer singer as well and he's got a really good voice
0: and you mentioned your brother so would you say there's a sort of musical background going on in the home if both of you are are pursuing this
1: Absolutely, yeah. So both my parents um, were musicians. So my mum used to sing in a country band locally and she plays the violin. And my dad's also a singer songwriter. Um, so he's been writing music all his life as well.
0: Mix 92.6. And Beth, you have told us uh, about your sort of stop start entry into the music industry. Uh, but you had a career uh, beforehand in fashion, uh, which is a notoriously brutal industry to work in. Can you tell us about how you got into that and what it was like?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so I, um, I've i always had a, a love for art. And so I've been drawing and painting a lot of my childhood and teen years. And so I went to college, did art foundation in Hitchin. And and um, basically, I then from there went to a university of Bucks, and I did textiles and surface design as a degree. And then I, I wasn't really sure I wanted to do Um, up until that point until I realized that there were jobs in fashion that I could transfer that degree to um, mainly as a print designer so a textile surface pattern print designer for fashion so it it was very very competitive as it was when I graduated and of course being the recession it was really difficult to even get like internships and stuff Um, so yeah this was like back in 2011 um when opportunities were running quite thin so i just remember um applying to so many things and obviously um naturally not hearing much back but the one things i did hear back from uh, were mainly um you know free internships that you'd come in you'd just go into london for two weeks or so or you'd intern at different uh, fashion houses and stuff which was it was really cool to get some of these opportunities and and grow in that um and it was but it was very, very hard to kind of get the job. You know what I mean? Like mm. get the, the dream job, <laughs> um, mm. which would have been lovely, like working for a high street retailer and um, designing prints for their clothes. And I managed to get a couple of my designs on the high street, which was really mm. lovely to see. Um, but yeah, it, it's very, very competitive. And I knew that going into it, but um, it's kind of where I feel like that's where my skin had to really grow thicker. Um, and due to the, the rejection that came with that, um, I feel like that's what's kind of helped me grow into the person I've become.
0: At what point did you go, right, this really isn't it for me. And I really do want to concentrate on music.
1: I would, I was kind of um, working my way up to get the job uh, by like taking cleaning jobs and anything I could alongside just interning for free or, and for me, when I finally got the job, um, I was working there for about two years um, in this major fashion house and it was very, very um, fast-paced, and mm-hmm. um, and which I was fully aware of, and I, I knew that um, there'd be a lot of challenges for me to kind of meet the criteria and stuff. and And I feel like I, I tried my best, and I worked really hard. and And it doesn't matter sometimes how much how hard you work, you could go blue in the face, and it's still never enough. And I just felt I was underappreciated, and I felt like I was just overworking myself sometimes and um but that's just the nature of I suppose of of most um industries when you have to deliver. And um for me um it it just kind of got to the stage where um they they didn't um like me anymore. So they kind of just let me go and and I I was really crushed by that. It really affected my confidence Mm -hmm. and my self belief. And I I just felt like all my twenties I'd built myself up to get the dream job that i've always wanted designing for a high street retailer um, and using my creative art skills um, that i'd built up and it was really really hard to like kind of go back to square one again and go back mm-hmm. to the drawing board and be like okay well this is what i've been aiming towards this is what i've been working hard towards And um, I finally got the job and now it's all come falling apart. And I'd even moved to (laughs) the area that I had the job, which was miles away from where, miles away from from Hartfordshire. And um, so, yeah, I lost my flat and had to go to the the job center. And all of a sudden it was just a bit like my whole world was just turned upside down. That's ultimately as a result, um, it kind of kicked that fire in me again to go, actually, there's that passion that's always been there for music that I've always suppressed because I just knew I wasn't good enough. I always felt like, oh, well, no one's going to take me seriously. And there's no way that um, I'll ever be good enough or everyone's going to think I'm a joke or a laughing stock If I decide to do music now, I'm like nearly, you know, nearly 30 and um, at the time. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm too old. And, and then I just kind of realized, you know what, it's never too late. And, and even mm. during the fashion job, um, when I realized that it was getting a bit too much for me, I was actually producing in the background and writing songs anyway. So ah. um, with the hope and desire that one day I would release these songs, but I just had absolutely no confidence in self-belief or I didn't believe that anyone around me would believe in me. So I just didn't want to even... Vocalize it. I was too afraid to even tell people that I had this desire and this passion to be a singer songwriter because I was terrified of people going, No, 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 you're way past it or you're not good enough. And it was all in my head, but that's kind of what stopped me from doing it. So, yeah, so in a way, it was a blessing in disguise. The whole fashion yeah. thing didn't work out.
0: <laughs> so, I need to know what made you first pick up that microphone and sing to other people? <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, for me, um, it was me being a part of a church at the time. Um, and, of course, due, due to lockdown, everything ended up being online, on Zoom, on YouTube, on Facebook. And and so at the time, um, I was a part of a church that needed um, somebody to lead the music. Um, so that's how I ended up um, eventually pushing myself out my comfort zone and just kind of going, well, I'll do it. <laughs> even though I was terrified and I was scared of people going, Oh no, who do you think you are doing this and that? And, but I was like, well, I've always kind of felt in my heart that this is what I wanted to do. So I just thought, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And so I did it. And, um, for pretty much most of the lockdown, every Sunday I was leading the music for the church online. And, um, that's kind of how I found the confidence to just kind of sing out. Um, and it, It kind of helped because there was no one obviously looking at me, nobody watching me, um, which made it a lot easier for me. (laughs) Mm.
0: But then I have to say, if you're performing online, uh, I mean, that's great, but it's not like being in the room. You're not getting that instant reaction. And equally, it does things to your voice, surely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, I felt like, um, I could relax a bit more, not knowing that there was people there, but over time I started to feel like, oh, I kind of miss, um, being in a room full of people and it'd be really nice to actually, you know, have that, have people to bounce off and engage, see them engaging. And, and, um, that's kind of ultimately what drove me to want to start busking because, um, I wanted to see people's reaction. I wanted to know how people were receiving, um, my singing. And, um, when I was doing, you know, just chart songs and going out and singing pop songs and things. And, um, yeah. So, um, previous to that, I was just, I was playing piano in the band at church before lockdown, um, and doing a bit of backing vocals, but, um, all of a sudden I'm like at the front leading the songs and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) um, how do I, how do I convey this? How do I project this? And, and so, yeah, it was hard to kind of sing to an empty room, (laughs) if Mm -hmm. you like, um, just looking down a camera. Um, and then obviously that's what kind of propelled me to go. Um, it'd be so lovely to actually get back out there and, um, just see if I, if I can grow the confidence, um, in public to, to busk and sing, um, with, with a live audience, um, even if people are walking by.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you're there convinced that this is, you know, going to be just dreadful, then to put yourself out there as a busker, which, I mean, that really is (laughs) (laughs) so vulnerable and so public. I mean, that is, it's being thrown at the deep end. How on earth did you rationalise that in your head, that this is okay, (laughs) I'll go and do it, because people a lot of people really couldn't do this
1: (laughs) yeah sometimes I'm like what on earth am I doing and I like hyperventilating in the lift as I'm pressing the buttons to go down to the street level with all my gear I'm like oh my gosh you know um it's um it's yeah it's a challenge sometimes but I love it and I realized that um all these years that i would had that I hadn't experienced singing in public um that I would have really loved to have had over the years which I kind of uh, prevented myself from doing just from having no confidence for me busking was kind of just putting myself out there without knowing what's going to happen <laughs> um regardless of the money um it's it's nice when people do you know obviously donate or throw some money in um but I don't do it for the money it, it's really for creating an atmosphere and spreading some joy, um, especially with all, um, uh, the news going on and everything like that. I think it's really important to have, um, music in the community to spread that message of hope. And so I just like to go out and, um, hope for the best. I kind of just pick a spot and hope I don't get moved along. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I set up and I go on my own, um, and just have my, um, my amp and my, my little, vocal uh vocal box and my little mic plug it all in it's it is hard sometimes like especially doing it on my own um it's quite mm. scary because you just don't know what's going to happen so <laughs>
0: this is mix 92.6 we're here with best Merrill, local singer songwriter and busker we've been hearing about you going busking i have <laughs> to ask uh, are there places where you've been busking which have been really successful and are there places which perhaps it hasn't gone quite so well?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's definitely certain places in, in Hertfordshire that I feel like it's been really well received. And there's been a great atmosphere and people have been dancing in the street as they've been walking by. and oh, that's um, lovely. <laughs> Yeah, one lady, bless her, she even stopped her car right outside, like in a no stopping zone, just to get out to put a tenner <laughs> in my in my um, pot, and then got back in the car and drove off. I thought she was going to get out the car to tell me to stop or to be quiet or something, <laughs> and then she just came up to me with a ten pound note. I was like, no way! So that was really lovely. And then there's been times, yeah, in other locations where I've had like people come out of shops to say, please turn it down, or uh, somebody this? who was would- <laughs> where. <laughs> actually in Welling, but um there's certain areas in Welling, but i, I actually really love going to wellin to bus. but it just depends on where you are because um it sometimes there's quite a few buskers there so you have to sort of pick your spot um but yeah so it's okay um i just have to turn it down there's been one lady who bless her heart she was on a night shift and she came home and she all she could hear was my music she was like turn it down please i'm oh. trying to sleep oh, and i was okay. like i'm so sorry i was like oh. of course then you start thinking oh my gosh do I sound awful am I really bad and you start letting all these horrible thoughts come into your head of like oh my gosh do shall I just stop shall I just quit Mm. because nobody likes it and you automatically start getting really insecure Um, and sometimes that can that's something I struggle with is insecurity so um, I can feel like that quite a lot Um, but yeah but then you have the really good days Um, so I also busk up in Milton Keynes as well in the MK Centre
0: Mm. And um,
1: that is a really great place because you get all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life. And, and it's just great, like, the, the reception you get there. And a lot of people have booked me for gigs from just from busking there. Mm. And it's been really lovely just having that reception. And, and, and it's mainly, like, the young families with the kids that stop and have a little dance, have a little sing. And it's just so lovely to see that reaction.
0: And how do you – because you mentioned earlier on you, that you've had some um, – sort of mental health issues and there's issues with your own confidence how do you align that with going out and doing something so public where people can be vile at times
1: (laughs) yeah um it's something I've really battled with and um I have to kind of overcome it every day it's like a choice I make so when I wake up I'm like today I'm going to choose to be positive. I'm going to choose to overcome those negative thoughts. I'm not going to listen to the lies in my head. And it's like a daily thing for me. Um, I have to keep rejecting the lies that I keep, sadly believing sometimes that that stall and prevent me from progressing because it's it's a constant battle it's a constant um vicious circle sometimes I find myself in um but it's for me it's just about making a choice and remaining to stay positive and having a what could possibly go wrong but also what could go right attitude so I kind of had to just grow a bit of like a a wall if you like um Mm -hmm. and just like just be like oh bless you you know just kind of think well i respect that that's your opinion um you know, um, not everyone's going to like me and that's okay. I'm not going to be everybody's taste. No, Not everybody's going to like my music. Not everybody's going to like my voice. And that's absolutely fine. It's part and parcel of being a musician. And that's something I'm learning as I go along that, yeah, it's I don't have to be perfect as well. Um, but, yeah, it is something that I, I do struggle with all the time. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only busker who feels that way as well.
0: <laughs> and let's talk about the fact there are obviously other buskers out there. So when you go somewhere and there's another busker, uh, is the community supportive or is there a bit of rivalry going on
1: <laughs> yeah once um, <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like we do support each other um i've i've kind of go by and chuck a bit of change in and clap them and go well done keep going um even if i'm there the same day or um sometimes there has been a bit of a sound war um not <laughs> not because like i was being spiteful or because i was trying to turn mine up over his or anything like that because he was really good and i was like well i've been here a couple of hours i'm gonna bow out gracefully i'm just gonna you know let you know just let him have that area now and it's, Mm -hmm. it's about respect and mutual respect and just um being aware of other musicians as well and so yeah and obviously his was more loud than me so that's why i had to turn mine up but um at the end of the day i'd been there a while and i just thought well I'm tired. I'm going to go home now. And, it, you know, I don't want to, you know, clash the sound, especially in some areas where, like, <laughs> you get. Te- wind tunnels of sound that just kind of um, bounce off all the walls so sometimes it can mix together and I've had things like that where people are going there's too much noise and I'm like okay and um, so that kind of happens sometimes yeah and sometimes you'll make all the effort to drive somewhere to go busking you've built yourself up you've worked that adrenaline up in you and you've parked and you've got your gear out you get there and there's someone there and you're like no where do I go and you're like oh my gosh what do I do and so you have to find somewhere else and hope it's a it suitable place and so yeah um these are all things I'm I'm experiencing and learning but it's not a bad thing like we all cheer each other on I, I stop and chat to other buskers sometimes and just say hey I'm doing the same thing how you're finding it and and they're really supportive actually
0: and your music has a bit of a message we've been hearing about your thoughts about pop being positive I suspect that that the message within your music is relating to that isn't it
1: absolutely yeah um so i write from a lot of experience and a lot of the rejection that i've faced throughout my life and just my struggle with confidence and overcoming um negative thoughts and emotion with with the mental health struggles i've had um so i choose a lot of songs really i do a lot of cover songs and i try to to choose songs with a positive message with an uplifting kind of um yeah, sound that kind of gets people feeling joyful and happy. And yeah, for me, it's just about spreading a positive message and, and giving hope and just letting people just relax and, and enjoy and feel the music around them.
0: <laughs> so tell us about your EP and how can people get hold of it?
1: Um, So it's not actually released yet but it's it's up and coming so I'm hoping for it to come out in October I've released two singles from it already um so I released the first one back in April called Reach Out and um I recently released the second single called Rising Up um back in July um so yeah um I'm due to release a third single um coming up before the the full release of the ep but yeah it's going to be available on all streaming platforms such as amazon music spotify um apple music etc basically anywhere
0: <laughs> fabulous now we're going to play rising up in just a moment which is also going on the mix playlist for the next couple of weeks but beth merrill thank you so much i really do wish you all the best and thanks for joining us tonight on the evening session and being so open about your experiences and i hope that someone listening has taken something away positive from this
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Introduce the song.
1: Right, so this is uh, Rising Up from my up and coming EP called Relight. And the message of the song is for those underdogs out there who have always felt they've had to strive in life, for those who've been in the background, who've had to shout the loudest just to get heard when no one else was listening, for those of you who've gone through any rejection, this song is for you and I hope it builds you up and empowers you to believe in yourself again. So this is Rising Up. 92.6